0: This is Notable Nerds, a pro-nerd report podcast where we introduce you to really cool nerds who are doing really cool things. I'm your host, Sebastian Maldon, and my goal is to highlight nerdy, talented people who are killing it in the world. In each episode, we will hear their origin story, and they will impart a bit of advice and wisdom to others who might be looking to get in their industry or just learn something new. Without further ado, thank you for joining us, and now let's meet today's notable nerd. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a very special guest joining us today. He is the host of Decked Up, a Steam Deck podcast. He's an all-around awesome nerd, and he is... The Hawaiian expert in all things the Steam Deck. This is the one, the only Mikhail Casanova. Mikhail, how you doing today? I'm doing
1: fantastic. Aloha, how you doing?
0: Man, I'm doing good. Excited to have you on the show. So for the people who don't know you, can you introduce yourself to the audience?
1: Sure. All right. Aloha everyone. My name is Mikhail Casanova. I am a content creator that's that's out here in Hawaii, Honolulu specifically. I host decked up Steam Deck Podcast, as you guys know. I've been doing that for a little bit now. And I also host three other podcasts, or co-host one, main two others, which are the Cast Nova podcast, which is my main outlet for like interviews with the game and tech industry, celebrities and such. And then I also do listen hiatus. But there's another one I do, which is called the Best Damn Podcast Show, period, which is kind of like a late late show or like the late show with Trevor Noah in a way. And I also co host Paw Podcast Across Worlds with my wife, Leila Safina, where we talk about anime and manga. Outside of that, yeah, I just do video game and tech reviews on my YouTube channel and try, I try and fail at streaming. I, I try to do what I do. I try, make, <laughs> I, I, I try. There's that.
0: I feel you. I feel you. So, what do you like to stream?
1: I like to stream primarily like. I want to see like horror games, so like Silent Hill, Dead Space, Resident Evil, Evil Within. I like to stream those, but I also like to do MMOs. I'm a big Final Fantasy 14 nerd. I was doing I think I streamed all the expansions except for the last two on stream. And just because I got burnt out with it. Okay. It got to a point where anytime I touched it, if I wasn't streaming it, I felt like I had to stream it. And then that's when I stopped having fun with it. So I've been on an indefinite break for the last ten months, since the or eleven months since the last final expansion came out. But yeah, primarily that horror games and most I like doing retro games. One of my friends made a modified version of Super Double Dragon called Ultimate Double Dragon, and it. Incorporates all the movesets of all the double dragon games. Oh, that sounds uh, dope. He got some of the original creators and developers for double dragon to help work on it with him. And it's like the only way I can play like a beat up now is that game. And then I like playing fighting games, I'm a big fighting game nerd. So King of Fire, Street Fighter, Tekken, you name it.
0: That's what's up. So. For I have a segment like I do for all my first-time guests called putting you on the spot. It's where I ask you, uh, putting you on the spot question based on your area of expertise. In this case, you're a big gamer. What are your top five games of all time?
1: Top five games of all time. Number one, above all, Xenogears
0: That's my what? favorite
1: game. Xenogears. Okay, I love that story. Has stayed with me since '98. I. <laughs> Got it. I love anything Tatsuya Takashi makes Zeno Gears, Zeno Saga, Zeno Blade. but specifically, Xenogears Gears is my favorite game of all time. Number one. Number two is Sui Koden 2, because that game was such a genre, def- just defining for that time, incorporating RPG, uh, turn based RPG, tactical, just the story, the political intrigue. I absolutely loved it. Number three, Ocarina of Time, just because. That was one of those you had to be there. Okay. Like like it it was like, you see how it's influenced so many games now and for the last near 30 years, but like when it came out, there was nothing like it. Mm -hmm. And I remember that when that came out, going with my parents to get it and how that just changed everything. Number four favorite fighting uh favorite game i just gave it away favorite fighting game favorite g- game <laughs> four would be king of fighters 11 and it's because it was the most experimental fighting game snk has ever made That's just so many different my one of my favorite f- fighting game characters is kyo kusanagi and that's my favorite version of him because not only do you have his kenpo chain punching style but they brought back his fireball which they originally took it away from him because he's too similar him and yori were too similar to ryu again, so they changed him up in 11 and gave him his original fireball and moveset along with his new moveset and then all the unlockable characters in that game which i'm before the time of dlc god i hate dlc i love that it is- but i hate- like I there's so many characters you can unlock from so many different franchises and that was just an amazing game and then my fifth favorite game of all time let's see that's probably going to be Mega Man X2
0: okay okay deep cut man you got some deep cuts here like, these ain't like besides zelda that's not like mainstream okay the, i would expect to hear those games The all these <laughs> games feel like okay these are deep cuts man yeah. <laughs> like you i wouldn't expect like a casual gamer to play all these if any of those to be honest
1: like i, I was i have such a love like a love relationship with like Mega Man x2 because mm. like when that came out I always asked my parents to buy it, like X2 and X3. I actually just saw X3 today at a local store and I was like, man, I, I need to buy it. But those were like, when they came out, my parents would just always go to a Hollywood video or a Blockbuster and rent it. They'd never buy it, but they rented it every week for two years.
0: <laughs> at that point, you could have bought it like five times over.
1: And so it was such, like, I was such a big fan of Mega Man. It's been specifically X when I was a kid in the '90s. So, like when I was in school, I when they I take a test, I write down Mega Man X is my name or Zero, and like I was just so infatuated with it. And so, like I came across it actually in 2022. Oh, uh, 2020, not this year. 2020 at the local game shop my friend runs or he manages, and they got in a box copy complete box of Mega Man x2 and that game is rare so is Mega Man x3 and it was only 20 bucks manual everything with original pamphlets all that stuff you go on ebay i think that right there is worth hundreds if not thousands of dollars
0: and Man, i got it. isn't that crazy and i was like and
1: i faced i time my mom i was like hey Remember that game you'd never buy me, but you kept renting me? I bought it.
0: <laughs> What'd she say?
1: She's I oh, not remember that. I used to rent you so much stuff. I'm like, no, specifically Mega Man. She's like, oh, yeah, that. Yeah. I'm like, hmm, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Mikhail, let's dive into your origin story. You're like a streamer. You're a YouTuber. You're a podcaster. Like, how would you get started with all this?
1: okay let's step into delorean and let's go back so i've i want to say like i really dipped my foot into content creating streaming and all that back in 2016 i was i was really like watching a lot of youtube channels like i was a fan of channels like mel jesus rocks player essence kevin kinson and all these other channels and I remember telling my wife that I wanted to do this, but I didn't know where to start. And so before I started doing YouTube videos and before I started streaming, like I was just writing reviews for products that I purchased on uh, Amazon. And then it just got to the, a point where I was like, okay, if I can do that, maybe I can do a video. And so I would just record myself talking about a product and like a computer or a monitor or a game. And I just started doing that. And then as I was starting to get closer to the community of like player essence and other Nintendo Switch or Nintendo focused channels before they blew up to what they are now. <laughs> like I remember all those guys, like RGT eighty five and Sky and all those. Even what's the guy now? Um spawn wave. i remember all of them before they had ten thousand five thousand four thousand subscribers i remember they when they were small channels
0: that's and crazy isn't it
1: it really is like and i know them all on a personal level like I, I knew them i i became very close to player essence and or oj and i learned from him like software to use and how to edit and how to do like how to do formatting for your videos. And one of the things I always had issues with for years is just audio because where we used to live is just noisy. So I used to pick up all the background noise and I didn't learn how to use stuff like banana meter or voice meter or NVIDIA broadcast wasn't even invented at that time, but I didn't know the difference between using a USB mic or using like XLR mics. And then with XLR mics, you got the condenser and dynamic. I didn't know all that. So I was learning everything on the fly and it was just mainly a lot of trial and error. And uh, so I got into streaming and no one taught me about the copyright claim stuff. If you're playing copyright material. And so it it was just a lot of trial and error and. And during that same year 2016 my brother or my half brother wanted to start a podcast called what did he call it tech Ex- tech etc because we both worked at the top before 2016 we both used to work for microsoft we went i did qa to development and then from development i moved over to the tra- training side. so like helping open microsoft stores and doing training and for people, for staff and also customers, Microsoft stores and Best Buys. And my brother did a lot of the same stuff. And by that point, we weren't working for Microsoft, but we had all this technical knowledge and we were like, all right, let's talk about it on a podcast. And it's just, it's very like, <laughs> I go back and listen to it and I'm like, God, that was what was really- it like
0: to go back and listen to it?
1: <laughs> we had one Yeti mic on a bar stool, sitting with the windows and the open, the fans blowing or the air conditioning blowing, You're picking up all that noise. Like it was, it, you could tell we didn't really know what we were doing, but we were having fun. And so then my brother moved to Texas and we stopped doing the podcast. And so I was like, all right, I invested in all this equipment. How about I start learning how to do and do my own podcast. So I created the Casanova podcast back then, which was originally called uh, Cast Speaks. And then that lasted for a month until I changed it. And so I just started talking tech and gaming and stuff like that. And then I just, after a while, I was like, okay, I want to do more. I want to stand out. Let me start reaching out to other YouTubers. So I started doing that and uh, reaching out to other gaming YouTubers and tech YouTubers. And then I started reaching out. I eventually started reaching out to voice actors, and I know the first voice actor, or first two voice actor, or three rather, that ever gave me the time of day and came on my podcast was Griffin Burns, who's child in Genshin Impact, and I think he did Devil Man Crybaby. Yeah, Devil Man Crybaby, man, some and good ones. He the next one was Dorothy Fawn, who did. Meryl and Trigun and Kauru and Rony Kenshin. And then I think she did, she she still does stuff. She's not as big of a voice actress now as she was like in
0: the 90s and early 2000s. Yeah, and man, then those were like staples back then. I'm talking about Rony Kenshin, man. Oh, Trigun's so good. Yeah.
1: And then the third one was Richard Epcar. And I got him and been friends with him. I actually, I'm, I'm friends with all three of them and still have been. Like it, They were the first three and I started like getting more eyes on what I was doing. So I was like, okay, I need to start watching stuff. So I was watching YouTube channels, like podcast stage and, and voiceover stuff so I could learn how to like make my stuff more professional and it just kept going and going. And so I was working full time as a senior systems analyst. And doing, doing voice, I was doing a lot of VoIP and telephony at the hospitals out here and I was also doing information security. And I also, what else I was doing something else too, but so I was working at full time. So I was doing like 70, 80 hour weeks full time and I was doing YouTube full time cause I was cranking out videos. As soon as I get home, do a video, do a podcast. I actually come home on my lunch breaks, do a podcast streaming at nights and on the weekends i was doing streaming four to five nights a week and doing all that plus being married plus life i was also super active in the gym at the time i was i was growing but i was burning myself out because i was just doing too much yeah and i just got to the point where i was like all right so what do i want to focus on so then i started focusing on the cast note podcast and i was doing well with that to so that's where I actually started building a name for myself and between that, and then that led into me being able to start working with the gaming industry. So started interviewing the PR people, developers and such, and that started allowing me to get access to review copies of games and various products. And I was just doing those two. Now it's stream. I was trying on Twitch and I feel like Twitch, I have a lot of gripes with Twitch. That can be (laughs) a whole podcast, but like Twitch, there's, I was struggling to grow on Twitch. So then I started reaching out to people like Harris Heller, Ashton Christ, Gail Level, which I'm friends with two of those three. I've met Harris Heller. He doesn't like me because of a, Miscommunication that happened at E3 2019. Oh wow! Yeah, he still does. But uh, I learned a lot from those three about streaming and how you have to make content on YouTube to draw people over. And then I started learning the marketing aspect of content creating. And I was like, oh, this is similar to what I went to school for. Yeah, I went to I went to So
0: there. Yeah, can you hear me? Oh Yeah. Computer.
1: Okay, my computer screen went blank. I was like, oh, no, it didn't die, did
0: it? My no, you're good. You okay. were saying you went to college for something.
1: Yeah, so I went to college for, for so my main was in marketing as well as my, because I, I double majored marketing and psychology. Okay. With a minor, and my minor was in computer science. And I would never recommend that to anyone. <laughs> You're going to be doing 21 credits every semester Damn. <laughs> if you do that. The main reason I wanted to do that was just because my parents don't have college degrees. I was one of the first one in my family to go to college, and I didn't want to be them. So I'm like, I don't want to be in a position where I don't have options because of limitations of ed- education. But then now we're at a point now where you don't have to go to college. And now I'm like, it sucks. sucks.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. Man, it's <laughs> a different world
1: now, isn't it? Yeah, but like all the stuff that i learned for like marketing, I'm like, all right, I can apply that now. So like learning how to make YouTube videos that will farm traffic over to Twitch and how to farm your Twitch traffic over to YouTube and various different things, and also using, utilizing podcasts. And then I started realizing how much more work it is. So like when I would come across people, they're like, Oh, this is not work. This is easy. Anyone can do it. I'm like, no, you don't understand how much goes into this. I'm like, I have a full-time it position and I'm doing more work on this. than I do at my regular job, like, <laughs> it's, it's crazy. And people in and I used to get upset because I would constantly get people that would belittle and put down what I do. I've come to learn that a lot of times people where you're from. They don't support you the way they should, or you would think they should until you're actually making traction. Yeah.
0: It's like when you make waves, they, oh, I get it because I see, they see all the stuff you get from making the waves.
1: Right. Until you're doing that, they don't care. It's interesting. I use this as an example and I've had people say, oh, you're hating. I'm like, I'm not. Like people, if you're from Hawaii, you follow all the celebrities that came or quote-unquote either came from here or are they have some type of tie like Dwayne Johnson of the Rock even though he didn't Mm -hmm. really live in Hawaii for more than a few months oh he's local no he's not Uh, (laughs) what's the other guy the Aquaman guy
0: oh Jason Momoa
1: yeah oh yeah he's yeah he's local he only lived here for a couple months
0: Man, uh, man, that's crazy! I didn't even know he only was like a transitional person.
1: Yeah, yeah. And even with that, he didn't even grow up with his dad, who is Hawaiian. He grew Ooh. up with his mom. So, so you'll see people from here like they'll praise and support "quote unquote" local celebrities, but when you're someone who's growing or trying to make a name for yourself, there's no support, and there's a lot of belittling. I know Bretman, Bretman Rock. He went through that here until he just blew up to the point where he, he
0: doesn't do anything when he went out here <laughs> in Hawaii. He's now nah, that that's for the birds now.
1: Yeah. It's completely for the birds now. And it's, you, you just run into a lot of that here. But like when people start seeing like lately, I've had a lot of people, I say lately, I say within the last two or so years, I've had a lot of people start taking notice and they take notice. That's when they're like, Oh, How can I get some of that? Can you like, Oh, I want to start a podcast. I want to start a YouTube channel. Can you help me? And then I kid you not. I don't know if I can swear. So I'm
0: like, I'm I'm, no, go ahead. Your ball means let it fly. Oh
1: shit. So, okay. So I should not had this situation happen with someone who was one of my best friends at the time for over 15 years. Damn. Damn. He In 2020, yeah, so 2020, he wanted to start a Twitch channel and a YouTube channel. So he asked me, what do I need to start equipment wise? So I was like, all right, well, let's meet up at a Best Buy out here and I can show you some of the things you'll need. So he was like constantly picking out expensive stuff. I'm like, you don't need expensive. You know, that people think you gotta go expensive. No, you gotta know how to use what you got. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> don't and if you do go and get something expensive, that's gonna be an investment that you're gonna be using for a while. Oh yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. So I picked out a computer he can use, monitor, some and a couple audio interfaces that might be good, mics, like. All that stuff that won't break the bank. So we get all that. He acts like he's going to purchase it. So it's me, him, and his girlfriend. We get to the checkout and after they scan everything in and they're just waiting for payment. He's like, okay, like, you got it, right? You lie. Like, you lie. <laughs>
0: Dead ass. Dead ass
1: didn't really you thought know?
0: you were gonna foot like the bill for this yeah no yeah. yeah. like he looked you dead in your face it was like you got this
1: holding his girlfriend's hand in front of his woman oh no yeah uh. i'm like yo that's the wrong type of
0: flex <laughs> oh my goodness what made you think what made him think you had it though what gave him that impression that you were just going to Buy all this high-tier gear for him. So
1: the reason being (sighs) he didn't take any of the content creating stuff I did seriously until I introduced him to Ruben Langdon, who's one of my he's one of my good friends, as you guys know him as Dante from Double May Cry, and formerly is Ken from Street Fighter.
0: Man, that's dope. That's so stupidly dope, man. (laughs) Yo, he's such a dope cat.
1: He's one of my best friends. Godfather my daughter and he was working with Capcom. They were doing some recording for things out here in Hawaii for but at this point I can talk about it. It was for Street Fighter Six, it was for the Exoprimal game, and it was also for Monster Hunter Rise. Okay. So we are doing stuff for that. And I think there's another game coming out that they haven't dropped a title for, but it's it was part of what we were doing. So, for me, me yeah, I got gotcha. wife and I with Ruben, Capcom, and just cost productions, which is Ruben's old production company that does like motion capture and such. They did the all the motion capture for all the Souls like games, so Dark Souls, Elder Ring, Bloodborne. Yeah, so they do it for that. We needed help with getting the. Capcom staff around because they're not from here. They don't speak English and they need to get around to do certain recording. Like we need to go to Tadless or go over to hiking trail, go all the way up to where you can just, they can just record nature or we need to get the voice actors, take them around to various studios to do voice recording so they can have the voice directing or voice, the voiceover director can give like directions and then the japanese team can say "Oh, okay we like this but do it differently so you get to see like how intricate all this is so when he got to see all that and be like i called him because he's the only person i trusted to like not see not- anything
0: yeah not break NDAs, basically
1: yeah and uh, they were very particular because they were kind of like capcom was like They didn't want to involve anyone that they didn't know. Ruben went to bat for me and my wife. So we got that opportunity. And then I went to bat for the guy. And so after he saw, oh, you're actually doing something with people, I was, oh, okay. So then that's when he's, oh, so you make, in his head, I guess he thought, oh, yeah, you make a lot of money.
0: <laughs> so he thought you were like big balling at to the point to where like you were gonna foot the bill for like his entrepreneurship basically.
1: Yeah, and do all the editing and promoting.
0: No, and you're that. lying. He and editing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Editing is a full-time job, man. Oh my goodness. What was that conversation like afterwards?
1: That was I had this look on my face of disbelief. I just stared at him. And I stared at him with a blank look. I stared at his girlfriend. And I'm thinking in my head, whose man's is this? (laughs) Oh, Oh, for sure. Is this seriously? I'm looking around for a camera. I'm like, yo, am I being punked?"
0: I would imagine because that (laughs) shit is wild, man. So, and
1: then I was like, yeah, I don't have this one. He's like, oh, you work with all these people. You got all this money. I'm like. No, I make less than what I did when I was in IT, but I make enough to get by. He's like, oh, you can consider this paying back a favor. I'm like, a favor for what? He's like, you remember when we were like freshmen in college? I'm like, bro, 15 years ago.
0: And even then, I'm like, what do there's no way that could have balanced the <laughs> balanced out like all that top tier gear? To be no. like a streamer and YouTuber nah. No.
1: So he was like, you, you borrowed money from me for back then for food. I was like, bro, are you serious? I borrowed like $20 from you back in <laughs> 2005, 2006. Like, yeah. I'm just adding interest on to it.
0: And he didn't say this with like a sarcasm in his voice. No. There was no hints of, oh, I'm just kidding here. Straight face. wow,, like, wild.
1: Yeah, he's like, you can just consider paying me back. And I was like, oh, I see. Okay. I'm like, I wish the best to you and your content creating endeavors. I'm going to go home now. It was nice meeting your girlfriend for the first time.
0: And he did that for the first time with his girl? Oh, God. And that's a square move to begin with. Yeah.
1: After that. I was like, he tried contacting me. I've not spoke to him since. I just straight up stopped. Like I told my wife about it. She's in disbelief. And like, I, I occasionally bring this topic up because I'm like, this is the wildest. That's probably the wildest thing that's ever happened to me.
0: I would imagine it's always your they always have that inner circle like stories in Hollywood to where like it's always someone in your inner circle that's trying to mess some stuff up or like that acts well when you make it. That's what that kind of reminds me of for he completely went off the rails because he thought you had some notoriety enough to where hey, he's going to now buy me everything I want to become a streamer a YouTuber that is insane.
1: Yeah, it's, it's just one of those things where it's like run into it so much. And I just, I don't know, like I, I don't know why I've run into that with one of the local computer companies out here who said they wanted to work with me and promote my stuff to the local community here in Hawaii. So they became a Patreon supporter at the highest tier that I have, which I think is like $25. And uh, they felt that because they were paying me $25, they could dictate what content I made, when I made it, what I made it about, and I had to promote them
0: constantly. For $25? A month, yeah. That is insane absolutely insane so like how did that conversation like end because i know you had to say something
1: oh yeah i asked them i said so why do you feel that you have this type of authority over my content they're like oh because i'm supporting your content yeah you are a patreon supporter but that doesn't mean you dictate the content i mean that means you're just supporting i'm like because we have a saying here in hawaii support local but Peeling back the paradise veil that Hawaii has. A lot of people talk about local this, local that. They don't really support local. We found that out during the pandemic when almost every long established local restaurant and store are no longer here because people did not shop at them.
0: Damn, that's crazy. Yep. yep. That's yep. rough.
1: Yeah, so it's support local when local can get you something.
0: And then other times it's just, man, y'all got to fend for yourself. Yep. Dang. That's such a dog eat dog world kind of mentality, isn't it?
1: It is. But that's one of the things about living out here and I'm sure that's anywhere, but there's the artificial Aloha and then there's the folks that actually mean it. And the folks that mean it is very far few between, but uh, yeah
0: man that is crazy i want to pivot for a little bit and talk to you about your favorite games of the year so far so you've got to review a a, like a fair amount of games over the years i want to talk to you about 2022 what's been your breakout games of the year what do you consider to be your definitive game of the year thus far
1: oh that's hard
0: yeah i know man i gotta hit you with that one two punch
1: man okay 2022
0: do you have a list of a list of what you would consider game of the year contenders then so we can like narrow it down a bit
1: okay Elden ring is one
0: i knew that one was going to be in there i knew it
1: i mean that just it, it shook the formula so much that i'm like yeah i gotta bring that one up so Elden ring xenoblade chronicles 3 i would put up there actually i kind of want to I might be cheating because I already said I like anything to see Takahashi. So that's been one of my favorites. Okay. Oh, what else?
0: I'm going to throw a curveball. What's the curveball? Because technically embargoed. Oh, OK, never mind. Don't don't bring embargo.
1: <laughs> no, but there, there's a bit of a caveat because. Okay. You- I can acknowledge. So I'm currently reviewing Bayonetta 3.
0: Man, ah, oh, good lord! I bet it's amazing.
1: It is. It is.
0: So <laughs> I'm like,
1: okay. So Zelda: Chronicles 3, Bayonetta, Bayonetta 3, mm-hmm. Elden Ring, D- the Deal Field Chronicle that just came out from Square Enix. If you like real time tactical stuff, it's been really good. What are you playing it uh, on? I'm playing it on Steam Deck.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: Yeah, I'm playing on Steam Deck, and it's really good. Voice of Cards, The Beast of Burden, put that up there if you like tabletop-style RPG. That's, mm. That series is really good, and it goes on a lot of people's radar. Oh, God, Triangle Stretch. This has been like the year of Square Enix. Triangle it really Strat-
0: has. They've made a comeback this year.
1: They have, and they're like, "Yeah, we're gonna just keep releasing things every couple weeks." I'm like, "Can people breathe?
0: <laughs> they got a lot of JRPGs to get out of their system, man."
1: They do. You notice that Pivot? They went from trying to do Western stuff. And they're like, mm-hmm. "No, we're done." With
0: that. <laughs> yeah, it's like when like the story came out like semi recently, where they sold like the Western side of their studio, and yeah. it, that got that got sold to they was that group, the Embracer Group, I believe it was.
1: Yeah, and they the were buying up. En-
0: <laughs> yeah yeah and then all of a sudden they've just squared themselves up no pun intended but squared themselves up to be like that jrpg japanese farm again to where they they are legitimately like this is our bread and butter this is what we're good at we're just gonna pump these things out and they've been doing it at a rapid pace
1: yeah and the only downside i have with that is it's too cl- like the releases are too close to each other
0: for very similar games too
1: yeah, yeah, it's, they I feel like if you're going to release this mini, which I feel like they've released at least 15 RPGs this year, maybe mm-hmm. less, there should be way more space. At least give each game.
0: It's muffed to debris, basically.
1: Yeah, like, <sighs> it's too much back to back but yeah what's another one i can say it's Um, crazy
0: just a side note tangent it's square has released like as many jrpgs are in rpgs as like microsoft studios has released first party games this year and more so like they've put that number to shame and i think that's like insane that's very true that is that's crazy wow (laughs) like we were talking about it and you were like you brought up that point and I was like, man, they really have been pushing like JRPGs and RPGs out like crazy. And I was trying to think of another studio that's been doing it on that level, like where they've been pumping out game after game. And I couldn't think of any other like any other, including like first parties like Sony, PlayStation and, and like Nintendo. Sony's been like a steady pace, but it's not quite to this level. Yeah, it's not. It's really not. But yeah, going I, back I, to the game of the year conversation.
1: I can't think of any other company that is. But yeah, like as far as game of the year, yeah, it's for me at this point, it's a toss-up between Elden Ring, Banner 3, What's the other one, Zemblade Chronicles 3, Triangle Strategy, which I know is not for everyone, but if you're in like the tactical RPG games are so rare nowadays, and this year we're getting like a
0: lot. So, and that's good, though, because that's a like you said, it's so rare. But now that we're actually getting like that genre resurgence again, we're getting quality into that genre. And I think that's what really stands out about the how much we're getting and then the fact that we're getting quality like as well. Yeah, definitely, definitely.
1: Dio Field Chronicle, if you like, that's a game I really highly recommend to people if you like tactical games because it's that good. It actually even flips it. The genre on his head because it's a merger between final fantasy tactics and tactics ogre
0: hmm. and
1: starcraft
0: too that's a that's a cool mixture I've, you don't hear that kind of that kind of diversity as far as genres go
1: no I I mean, it's like you're thrown on a map everything is in real time the only time it slows down is like if you want to do like a special move or an assist but other than that, you just, you guide your units and they're moving in real time. And a lot of people are not really, and maybe they're not familiar with Starcraft or command and conquer, but like, for me as someone who grew up with those, it's, I was like, wow. Like it, it, that really impressed me. And the stories, it's, it's a fun fancy tactics style story, but it's really good. So I, I would. As far as like new games, those would be my the ones I would throw in
0: there. OK, okay, that's a solid list. I was really surprised because like I was following some of the people who were in, in the industry when they were talking about like some of their early game of the years and such like that. And I like some of their will follows yours a little deviates because a lot of them aren't quite into the jrpg or tactic games but like i'm seeing some people shout out some love myself included for horizon forbidden west because i really enjoyed that game there's also oh, cult of the that lamb
1: was, that was this year wasn't it
0: yeah that was like february where we had horizon forbidden west sifu and then i think elden ring was like right there as well and then kirby forgotten the forgotten what lands yo
1: throw okay throw those in there too because i yo i thought those were 2021 games i forgot
0: february feels so long ago that i can easily understand why those feel like they were 2021 games
1: yeah for, forbidden west man that that
0: was that, that was amazing i love that, it it's my game of the year so far
1: that was such a leap from
0: the first game horizon zero dawn yeah
1: that was i feel like on a technical level and also narrative and gameplay i felt like it was yes continuation on the foundation but it was such a leap so i feel like it justified my playstation 5 which i haven't yeah there there haven't been a lot of games to justify the playstation 5 and xbox series
0: wow oh so i i'm right there with you until this year i'm starting to see that point to where i'm like okay now we're starting to feel like next gen because like I got uh, this game came out last year, so it's last year example, but like Ratchet and Clank's Rift Apart felt like a oh. next gen game to me.
1: Yes, that game is amazing.
0: <laughs> that one felt like, yeah, that one felt like a next gen game to me. Horizon Forbidden West felt like a next gen game to me. I haven't had that experience on the Xbox side yet where, I've, where I was just like, this feels like something that is strictly Xbox Series X or X. I haven't had that experience, and I've played the Halos, I've played the Forza Forza Horizon like five. I didn't think that was even though I think that's the best of that series. I don't think that's it didn't feel like a next-gen game, it just felt like a better version of Forza, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. So on the Xbox side, I haven't had that experience, but like on PlayStation, I'm starting to see that like switch come on of where okay, I'm starting to see we have horizon forbidden west we have ratchet and clank rift apart i'm almost willing to bet the farm that god of war ragnarok is going to be like a magnifying or like a magnitude of oh this is next gen so i'm like that one's probably gonna feel like next gen
1: i get i think i'm getting my copy of that my review code in two weeks
0: man i'm insanely jealous dude i've so let me tell you, I'm that started from the bottom now. Like now I'm still not there yet person right now. So like I just started into the wheelhouse of reviewing games. So I'm still in the indie level. Like I got a couple of reviews. I could probably get like maybe 10 to 15 like review codes for indie games like around every three days. So I'm still on in that indie level as far as that goes. But like insanely jealous. And you're going to like whenever you get a chance to like actually Tell me about that game, you're gonna to have to send me a message and be like, Yeah, this is that dude.
1: Yeah, and I'll say this, and we can also chop it up outside of this podcast, but yeah, for sure. Uh, if you definitely going from indie to AAA coverage, it's surprisingly easy, but people don't tell you how because they think, Oh, I'm gonna lose my opportunity. I'm here to tell you this, there's no lack. In this, in, in this industry, There's, especially when it comes to triple A companies want to work with creators that aren't, that, that haven't made like a, a big name.
0: Yeah. That, and, that aren't established, so to speak.
1: Yeah. And the reason they want to do that is because they're always looking for the next person that's going to
0: blow up. That makes sense.
1: Right. it's something like I, I've tried to, tell a lot of people they are like, oh, they only, this company only works with bigger creators. No. I've been working with Sony for two years now and I got introduced to Sony from Good Vibes my friend over at Good Vibes Gaming
0: shout out to them
1: yeah like they they did the introduction and then since then like I've been working with them same thing for Xbox and such it's it's something where if you get an introduction from someone Mm -hmm. who's doing it Thus, you're in. And when you're in everywhere.
0: Man, that's dope. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like the golden ticket, so to speak. Once you have that golden ticket, you're good.
1: Yeah. That's literally what it is. And I wish it was more widely explained because people think, oh, there's only so many codes or so many opportunities or so many this or that, but it's not. There's endless opportunities. Like I just today got Valkyrie Elysium that game already came out i was supposed to get a review copy earlier but then like they had some issues with how they were dealing it out and my guy over senior pr over at score unix he's like hey michael you still want to cover this i'm like yes i'm a big fan of the franchise he's like all right cool check your email
0: that's dope that's dope so i gotta ask you like you as a reviewer, and this is, we can, I can completely edit this out if we, if you don't want to disclose yep. this, but like when you're asking for codes, do you mostly, do you tell them what's your preference for consoles go? Or like, are you more of just like, I'll take it anywhere I can get it because I have everything.
1: When I started off, it was, I'll take whatever I can get. For the last several years, it's been, this is my preferred platform. I usually give them three options. for the longest is, oh, yeah, I'll take it for the Switch because, like, that was the trending thing. Yeah. Yeah. And if I didn't do Switch, I'd do PlayStation. And then last would be, like, PC or Xbox. Here's an insider tip for you and for anyone else who gets review codes. The easiest codes for companies to give out are Xbox and PC because they're not, or Xbox and Steam because they're not region locked.
0: Oh, that, that makes sense completely, because like I was I've been using like specific sites and such like that. So when I got certified into some of the per, like as press kind of things or as a content creator, like then mm. I can pick it out. And then I always saw that, oh, this is regional for this or this is regional for that. And then like on the Xbox side, is do you want it or do you not or in same as PC?
1: Yeah, yeah. Like that's le- legitimately how it is. And it's once I learned that, I was like, oh, cool. Which makes it easy. Like when you got a Steam Deck, <laughs> oh yeah. just shoot that PC code over to me.
0: <laughs> Man. So let's, so I got to hit you up a little bit afterwards about some of the nuances of that. But diverting yeah. back to the Steam Deck, you just mentioned that, like, how does that changed your life? Do you feel like it has? Do you feel like this, it was worth that? What I'm guessing you paid for the $500 edition or $600 edition?
1: I got the six hundred dollar edition
0: one. Okay, so the beef, the big beefy boy, then. Yeah, I
1: bought two of them. I got one for myself. I ended up getting one from my wife, and it, it literally did change, like how I game
0: entirely. What? So, Tell me about it.
1: Op- okay, so opening, opening me more up to like. PC exclusive games or games Uh that would never come to console or just haven't. That's been amazing. There's a lot of games that even now I'm playing like uh, the demo for Chained Echoes. If anyone who's a fan of Chrono Trigger, (sighs) the people that made uh, Chrono Trigger, what's the uh, flame of Echoes? Like the uh, game, they actually went on to make Chained Echoes, which is a retooling of that. And it's its own game, but it's really good. That's so cool. Then there's a bunch of other indie RPGs and side scrollers and such that I play on it. And having access to all that, having access to triple A games, double A games, having access to emulation. <laughs> I, <you laughs> know, I, just, I just I don't hide it. I'm like, yo, I'm playing all generations of games on this one thing i've got a terabyte micro sd card filled
0: oh that's dope that's dope so what's been your so what's been on your steam deck what have you been playing
1: if i'm not playing a lot of people like oh you're playing cyberpunk 2077 yeah i dabble with it
0: I actually like that game. I'm like for for all the shit it gets like I actually really maybe it's because I never played the bad versions of it when because like, I played I was one of those people who were fortunate enough to get like a PS5 like week 1. So I'm like I was never I didn't have quite the horrible experience like some people on the PS4 did or the Xbox 1 did. So we're the
1: same. We're the same in that cuz that's uh-huh. what I really played it on. Was the PS5 back when it back when the game first came out. It, run into all those issues that a lot of people kept claiming that they were running into. And I, the reason I say what I said about Steam Deck is just because, yeah, I can play it on Steam Deck, but I'd rather be playing it on my PlayStation.
0: Oh yeah, for sure.
1: That's where I'm at with it. But I'm dabbling with it on the Steam Deck, but I, as opposed to playing that, I rather, like the main thing I keep coming back to Final Fantasy VII Remake. I does it play coming. good on Steam? Oh, it plays beautifully on the Steam Deck,
0: it, is, like for real? Yes,
1: fluid 60 frames.
0: Oh, that's amazing.
1: Yeah, like they, it's you can get a lock 60
0: frames at, was it a 720? Man, I love the, it. I have, does the resolution bother you? Like the 720 resolution?
1: No, and that's something like a lot of people complain about the screen because they'll say, oh, you can get a better screen on, what is it the,
0: no, Switch OLED right now.
1: Yeah, you get better clarity on the Switch OLED. You get better resolution on the 1X players and such. So. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's cool. Yeah, the OLED looks better, but it doesn't bother me. And It's just, I think more so, I get the feeling with the Steam Deck, what I got with the Switch.
0: Oh, that like when, magic feeling to where, oh, this is something different kind of feeling?
1: Yeah, because I'm actually playing triple or at the time, like, I, oh, God, I'm playing a triple A game on the Switch. It runs like ass. But in the case of the Steam Deck, I'm like, oh, God, I'm playing triple A games. They don't run like ass.
0: Yeah, that's like, my thing, too. Like, when I play, like... I don't pick up my Switch anymore, and uh, I talked about this on my podcast. Like, it's gotten to a point to where I, it's become, it feels so old in my hands now because that it's not the resolution; it's the fact that it, like, the load times, that SSD, the fact that like it plays games at mostly thirty frames per second, it feels bad now. Yeah, yeah.
1: Don't don't tell the hardcore Switch fan base that. Because you know they hate the Steam Deck for some reason.
0: <laughs> it's like they're too beefing, like they're East Side West Side Biggie and Tupac.
1: <laughs> for real though, I legit had like I had so one of my friends trying to say I was I'm shilling for Steam Deck and giving me a lot of crap because my channel primarily focuses on the Steam Deck and I'm like, no, I'm like literally, you get a Steam Deck, you're not gonna want to touch the Switch. Like that, that's not a lie. Yeah, you can even emulate
0: to varying quality
1: yeah a lot of the switch titles but i'm like if i touch switch i'm mainly touching it because i want to play an exclusive exactly but like beyond that if there's a game that's on switch and it's also on the steam deck I'm playing it on the steam deck
0: man just, yeah like i'm
1: just not bothering
0: i get it completely <laughs> it's one of those things to where like i If it's not a Nintendo like first party game that I really just care about, it's going to have to be like Zelda Tears of the Kingdom that's coming out to basically get me on that switch. And even then I'm going to look at that switch and I'm like, man, I just wish you were on the Steam Deck. I wish you were on another console to where load times were good, where like visual fidelity is like on point to where frames Mm -hmm. per second is not going to dip under 45. I'm like, I just wish Nintendo was like almost like a AAA developer at this point.
1: Yeah, and one of the things I I like to tell people is we should be happy that the Steam Deck is here because it gives Nintendo a point of reference or framework for what they can do for their next Switch or whatever their next upgrade from what we currently have because it shows that you can have power and performance and still be affordable.
0: Oh, yeah. And batteries are going to get better by the time Nintendo's have, like ready to do their second console, like ready to do their se- second Switch console. Battery life and batteries are going to get better. They're going to figure that like technology out. And then the fact that they already have OLED screens and the fact that like they already are like so well connected with indie developers, they're going to kill it with the next go around of the Switch. It's just pull the trigger already, man. Get started on that process at least.
1: Yeah, like when they made the OLED, I was thinking, okay, yeah, they're gonna beef up the specs a bit, but they're like, all they did was the screen, it's a screen.
0: yeah, that's it.
1: I'm like, Oh yeah, okay, the screen's great, but come on now. Like when it's struggling to run games from the PlayStation 3 era, seriously. <laughs> come on now. Yeah. <laughs> you'll get i get people all the time like oh well it's not about no one really cares about the frame rate and all that yes i do exactly what
0: do you think we play games for now man it is for the experience and we want to have the best experience while playing those games and a bad frame rate can completely like ruin a game i don't know if you saw like the nintendo showcase from a couple of weeks ago where they were showing some of their new like games that were coming out did you see the way sifu looked on the switch
1: Oh my God, yeah. It was
0: rough. Absolutely rough.
1: Yeah, that, that, and it's just like, on top of that, we got so many games that are going to be cloud versions. That should tell you it's time for them to make a beefier Switch.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. I get that, man. So what's been your favorite experience on this, on the Steam Deck so far? Yeah, you
1: know, outside of emulation.
0: Yeah, outside and, of yeah, like outside of emulation.
1: Okay, so people might laugh at this, but in this entire time that I've not had my desktop or laptop, my Steam Deck has been my content creating device.
0: Has that worked? Have you just plugged it up to a second monitor and used it as a used it as a desktop computer?
1: Yeah. So I've got it I've set it up to my in my living room, I've got like a little area set up. With my ultra wide monitor, so I've got like a 34 inch ultra wide, got that set up with my keyboard and mouse and audio interface, and yeah, I was able to record from my other podcasts using the Steam Deck, and you know, I was able to use OBS with no issues. I was able to to utilize what's it called? It's called kaden I think that's the video editing software. So I was. Some of the videos I put out, I've edited fully on the scene deck photo editing. I can use GIMP or GIMP, <laughs> oh, but it works perfectly fine on the scene deck. Navigating Linux has been, I, a lot of people think it's complicated, but if you can utilize Mac or even windows, it's not that difficult at all. And I personally have had. I'm grateful for having to see what it can do because we see all the videos about gaming on it. How many people are talking about content creating? And yeah, you can do a sure. lot. There's a lot you can do with it. And a lot of reviews I've written, I've written using Office 365 on the Steam Deck. But I've been doing updates on my website using Steam Deck. And it's just for me i'm like yeah i can do gaming but i can also do all this other stuff and i was thinking about it I was talking to my life i was like can you imagine i was like can you imagine when we were in college because we were both gamers i'm like if we had this would be
0: dope oh that's a different <laughs> ball game at that point like college kids you, right now don't know how good they have it they don't no not at all And i'm right there with you yeah that it's been a transformative like experience so have you gotten to experience some of the older playstation games like god of war or maybe like spider-man on it
1: yeah yeah those have so those have been very fun to to dive back into being able to play what is it 2018 god of war has been fun same thing with oh the spider-man and i think the miles morales is coming out this month i think
0: yeah it is
1: so be able to experience those has been really great. Horizon Zero Dawn, awesome on it. I'm loving, what's the one? It's a zombie game. I can't think of the um, one, from, uh,
0: the, one the, the one. The one with the bikers? Yeah. that's. Mm.
1: I can't think of the name of
0: it. I remember the dude's name, Deacon. Yeah. It was Deacon, what was his name? Deacon Shank John, or I believe was yeah. his name. It was yeah. Days Gone, Days Gone. Days gone, yeah.
1: So that's been fun to go back and play on the Steam Deck. I'm looking forward to when we get Ghost of Tsushima, and I love that game, love it so much. That is, I know for a fact that's coming soon to Steam to Steam, and I cannot wait to play that on the Steam Deck. And it's just, it's amazing to me, man. Like these games, how
0: well they work on the Steam Deck. That's just. Is the battery life bothering you?
1: No. And a lot of people I've seen, was it your average consumer? He did a video and he talked about how terrible the battery life is and said the Switch is better. And I'm like, do y'all not remember when the Switch came out?
0: Oh, it was bad. This is the second version of the Switch, too. You remember they had that. Yeah. I still have the version one of the Switch. Like, I was the OG guy who had it, like, the 2017 version. Like, they're the new ones they have, like, after that 2.0, have like way better battery life.
1: Yeah. And that's what, like, I feel like the Switch is going to get that eventually. It's going to get that better battery life. But even as it is, like, depending, and a lot of people forget or they don't mention in their videos, it really depends on what you're playing. If you're playing a AAA game, yeah, you're probably gonna get an hour and a half, an hour and a half to two hours. If you're playing Cyberpunk 2077, maybe an hour and a half, depending on what you put it on. If you turn on the FSR, you might get better battery life. But Doom 2016, Doom Eternal, guaranteed two, two and a half hours. But you're playing something else, like play Yakuza 0, you're going to get five hours.
0: Yeah, Hades was like a really long experience. I did that on a flight, and it was like, okay, man, that thing lasted a four and a half hour flight, and I still had, what, 40% left? I was like, oh, this is solid.
1: Yeah, so it's really, and like I've said to people too, like that was the same experience with the Switch back then. Mm A Breath of the Wild back then when it came out, you weren't getting three hours. You're getting an hour and a half to two before it killed that battery. But it really comes down to what you're playing. And uh, and then not only that, but you can tinker with the TDP settings and you can turn down things, change the frame weight. I've personally found that putting games that run at 60 frames at 40 frames gives me better battery life. And it's almost not fully as smooth, but it's smoother than 30 frames.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: And it's like the amount of tweaking and customization you can do with this device is absolutely amazing. So yeah, the battery light like does not bother me. I expect it. And it's a first generation product. I already know they're going to improve on it.
0: So oh, let well, me ask you one major question about the steam deck. Cause I think a lot of people, for those people who are still on the fence, One, would you recommend the Steam Deck to an average, like the average gamer? And then two, the follow-up question, would you recommend this to a person who hasn't been a PC gamer in the past? I know deep questions, man, but I feel like those are questions people really want to know.
1: All right. So for the casual person, that's a 50. I'm gonna go 50-50 booking on that. So 50-50, okay. yes and no. Yes, because if you're willing to take the time to invest in it and learn a couple things, it's probably the most universal platform you can use, especially when you're getting games that also come to the PlayStation 4 and 5 and Xbox One and Series S and X, you can basically have a device that covers all generations. Less at a cheaper price than the current generation. But at the same time, I say no, because a lot of people are expecting this to be comparative to the switch and i've seen a lot of youtube videos i've seen i've talked to a lot of people that there's just too much they can get into and they don't know what they're doing and it's overwhelming for them they literally want to just get it and play games you can do that it can be that simple yeah but for i think for a lot of people with what they want to do they want it to be a switch like experience and it's just it's it's not that it can be if you tinker with it but i don't think it's a very difficult platform to learn but i think because the switch is what it is the people expect that exact experience with it yeah for sure for the second question for the i guess the lapsed PC gamer. Yes. Yes. Especially if you got if you're a PC gamer, you already got a backlog of 90% of games you're never going to get to. At least this right here can let you cut into about 30 to 40% of that. <laughs> that
0: makes <laughs> sense. And plus Steam games are always like universally cheaper.
1: Yes, and the amount of sales and the sites you can go on if you like cd cd keys, SCD key, game plan, gamer planet or no, games planet and such like that. There's always sales.
0: Stupidly cheap games too. Yeah. Especially games you wouldn't expect to be like as cheap as they are.
1: On top of that too, you can even for the laps PC gamer even if they got games on other platforms like GOG or Epic Game Store or battle.net and such. You can still play those games. Not all of them, but the majority of them you can play on your your Steam Deck. It's not 100% easy to set it up, but again, there's a key word, tinker. If you tinker a little bit, you can get anything to run on it. Oh, yeah. yeah. And even Game Pass. Yeah. Which, that's my most watched Steam Deck video and my most filled with vitriol video, because people like you can't, you're, you're they tell me that I'm clickbaiting because you can't really play Game Pass on Steam Deck, and I'm like, yes, you can, but, but they're wanting to download.
0: No, I'm like, that's it's the streaming portion of Game Pass, yeah. I mean, you got you as a person need to like. I'm talking now. I'm talking to like people who are complaining. And when I say you as a person, but like they need to understand, like, okay, understand the parameters of what you're like talking about. You're talking about streaming on Game Pass, you aren't talking about like getting the full capabilities of Xbox Game Pass, which is like downloading and playing. And there's also different, I don't know if people know this, but there are three different versions of Game Pass, so to speak. There's a PC version, there's the platform version where you can actually play on consoles, and then there's the x cloud version of game pass what Mm -hmm. a lot what people are talking about when they're talking about that in this present tense is the cloud version of game pass and i'm like if you keep those expectations in check that it's a phenomenal tool like it is game pass at your hands for a good i would probably say a good what's 55 percent of the content on game pass Mm -hmm. is like cloud-based now Mm -hmm. so i'm like if you know that if you know that going in i'm like you're gonna have a good time And also, depending on where you are and how good your internet is, you're really going to have a good time. Yep. Yeah. So I've had a really, I've had a lot of fun talking to you. Before we go though, where can the good people find you?
1: Oh man, you can find. I'm everywhere. I'm on the street corners. throwing up the aloha. Hey, shocker bra, come over here. No, I'm everywhere, man. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Oddly, Facebook. I don't know why I'm still on Facebook. Facebook is such a dead. (laughs) But anyways, I'm there <laughs> on YouTube, Twitch, Mikhail Cros Kra- uh, Mikhail Casanova. No, Mikhail Casanova.
0: Across that's a dumb name board, too, though. That's <laughs> a dumb name too.
1: Across the board, Mikhail Casanova everywhere. Like you'll be able to find me. I, I I kept it simple. If you're a content creator, keep yourself simple and universal. That's something I learned from some very influential people in the PR field.
0: That's really good advice. Thank you so much. Yeah. yeah. Man, thank you so much for being on the show. And like, I'd love to have you back anytime you're available.
1: Yeah, just let me know.
0: (laughs) Oh, for sure. For sure. All right. So we'll catch you on the next time and can't wait to talk to you soon. Bye, Mikhail hey what's up everyone thank you so much for listening to the episode i just want to remind you that you can get notable nerds every single thursday and we're going to bring you the dopest guest in the nerd community if you want to suggest a nerd that you think should be on the show or discuss topics of an episode with others join us on the pro nerd report facebook group once you're in go ahead and provide some feedback the link to join us in the pro nerd report free facebook group is in the show notes We want to thank you for joining us today and we hope to catch you every single Thursday. I'll let your boy later. Peace.